Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Alien RPG rules by Free League Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that the Alien setting can include strong violence and gore. And now, on to the show. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. Uh, I am normally your keeper, Keeper Michael, but we have a special episode for you tonight for our backers first. We are going to be playing Alien with a cast uh, and a crew unlike you've ever seen or heard for that matter. Not that you can see us, but that's a different matter. So I am going to hand the reins over to friend of the show, Chris, and then we'll go through introductions. So Chris, please introduce yourself and let us know what we're going to be doing. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Chris, and we will be running Free League's Alien role-playing game this evening, specifically the scenario Hope's Last Day, which was originally written for Gen Con 2019, but is included in the core rulebook. To my right this evening is Miranda. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I will be playing Janice McWhir. And uh, to Miranda's right. Hi, I'm Alex, and I will be playing Morgan Hirsch. Wonderful. And to Alex is right. Hey, I'm Anthony, and today I'm going to be playing Sunny Sig. And rounding out the crew is me, Mike, and I'll be playing a gentleman named Holroyd. So, Chris, tell us about Alien. So, Alien is built off of Free League's Year Zero engine. Uh, they use this to power the rules for most of their games. They have a couple that aren't on the year zero engine but most of them are and i'm a big fan of it sort of the executive level summary of the year zero engine is that it is a dice pool system built around attribute plus skill with pushing with of course the details will vary from system to system in alien the cost to pushing is that you will increase your character's stress level as you increase your stress level you will add more dice to your dice pool uh, doing so does increase your chances of scoring successes which in this case are sixes the symbols that look like a thin cross inside of a square are successes if we were using regular dice you can use regular dice for this uh they would be sixes um but when you add stress you will add more dice to your pool and now sixes matter and ones will matter those will be represented with a facehugger icon when you roll a one on your stress dice that triggers a roll on the panic table Panic results are interesting. Uh, the stress and panic mechanic is my favorite mechanic in this game. So you will roll on the panic table. The first few results on the panic table, you get to keep your action, but potentially have something bad happen. As you get more and more stress, the result on that panic table will increase, and eventually you'll cross a threshold where you no longer get your action. Uh, your action will become somewhat dictated by your panic result. And the best part is some of your results will result in your panic becoming infectious. So that's the, the core of it. The You'll be rolling a pile of D6s and looking for successes or panic results. Now, ones don't matter on what are called the base dice. They only matter on your stress dice. And when you choose to push a roll, you will immediately increment your stress level, which will add the die to your reroll. 
and that's that's the the majority of the mechanics there are more layers of course which we will address as we come to them in combat and that sort of thing that's the core of what you need oh combat i mean this is just going to be a walk in the park i thought absolutely a little bit about the scenario itself it is what's called a cinematic scenario the game is split into two modes of play cinematic and campaign where cinematic is designed to emulate the experience of an alien film in the franchise uh, hope's last day in particular is more or less sim- the third act of a standard three-act cinematic scenario so you know the tilt has happened things have gone bad and now you're trying to resolve it as far as alien continuity is concerned for those of you who might be interested in such things this takes place in between the time when burke contacted Hadley's Hope and sent out the prospectors and the arrival of the Salaka at Hadley's Hope. Does anybody have any questions up front? I'm good. No, take it away. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to do is give everybody their secret agendas. Your character will have an agenda that they are working towards. In a scenario where we would have a full three acts, working, you would get a new agenda each act. And as you work towards your agendas, you can earn what are called Story points. A story point is something you can spend to get an automatic success in a particular role. So you can add a success to a role to make it a better success, or you could, you know, take a failure to a success without having to push it. They won't be in play tonight, but the cool thing about the way story points work in the system is that they attach to the player, not to the character. So if we were to play another game at some point, you would take your story point with you. Or if your character died, not saying that that'll happen. No, of course not. Uh, if you're, something bad happens to your character and you can't play them anymore, then the story point would stick with you when you picked up a new character. Awesome. If anybody has any questions, please feel free to use the whisper feature to let me know. Now, it looks like I'm planning on becoming some sort of um, large mecha unit, I guess. That's interesting. But but yeah. So. Hadley's Hope. Jointly funded by the Wayland yutani and United America has a them-and-us feel to it. Any visiting corporate folk looking down their noses at the colony's laborers. Despite this, the colony has been developing well. There's opportunity aplenty and risk aplenty too. Four days ago, a wild catter named Russ Jordan was brought back infected with something. He died, and something snake-like disappeared into the guts of the base. Security has had no luck catching the thing, and somehow, more people were infected. Rumor has it that some of them have died, and that there are more of these snake things than Supervisor Simpson is admitting to. Simpson spoke over the intercoms, calling for calm. Crisis or not, you have a job to do. 24 hours ago, you headed out on a maintenance run to Processor 9, happy to leave the base until the crisis blows over. Ten kilometers out, Singleton's tractor gave up the ghost. A nasty mechanical crunch told you it wasn't going any further. Calls back to Hadley's Hope got a cursory response. You were told to wait, and they'd get to your little problem when they had the time. While you waited, you got to talking about the crisis and about the Wayland yutani corporate shuttle that had arrived right before you left. The shuttle carried an inspection team led by company agent Miranda Reynolds and her chief scientist Theodore Kamiski. Sig relayed something he'd overheard, a hushed conversation about the shuttle being quickly and quietly readied for departure. Reynolds and Kamiski are likely the only two who can authorize its use and the only two with the access key cards needed to use it. For all you know, it was Reynolds who ordered Jordan out there in the first place. It's not right for the Wayland yutani reps just to skip out and leave you, 
the workers to clean up this bloody mess. If things go bad, why shouldn't you get those key cards and get away instead? A day has passed, we've still heard nothing. All further attempts to contact Hadley's Hope have been fruitless. No one is coming to help. The only communications you pick up on are garbled and panicked even. There is no option but to walk back and see what the hell is going on. Ten kilometers is about six miles for those of you who are not metric inclined. And after your hike, you arrive at the West Lock. So it's been a long hike back through the rugged weather of Hadley's Hope. You know, they've, the, the terraforming operations have been going for a while. The atmosphere is breathable. You can go outside with a jacket, but it's never been particularly pleasant. It's always windy. It's practically always raining. It's been a hike. And you get in through the West Lock, and you are in what's more or less uh, a very utilitarian locker room. The room has benches down the middle. You've got mesh lockers around the side. The room smells of sweat and dust. And over the intercom, through snatches of static, you pick up the voice of Administrator Simpson. And you hear him instructing, Uh, Attention all Hadley's Hope residents. Report to storage area in sublevel for security purposes. Uh, attention all Hadley's Hope residents. Report to storage area in sublevel for security purposes. You catch a couple of loops before, of this before there's a loud electronic screech and a brief moment of silence. And you have a couple of breaths of silence when through the vents you hear a solitary scream from somewhere in the base and a gunshot and then silence again. So I need everybody who's human to add one to your stress level. Boy, that didn't sound good. I completely agree. I think we need to get our rears in gear, get in, get what we want, get out. What are, 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 we, are we trying to get off of the base now? Well, do you want to stay on the base where these corporate folks can do whatever they want with you? I'm sure it's certainly not going down to sub-level one. I don't know. Do we even know what's going on anymore? All right. So we got to find one of these access cards. Janice, do you even know where those guys would have hidden out? You know, I've been in the same spot as you guys. I, I know you think of me as a company person, but I'm part of your team now. So I can't think off the top of my head where they would be. We're going to have to search the place. Oh, yeah. Great. Maybe it would be best if we all split up. I think I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, Singleton pipes in, uh, and she says that, uh, you know, these corporate pricks, they're all the same. They're not going to want to sit down in the offices with everybody else. They're, they're going to sit upstairs where the big shots sit. Is it more secure up there? Well, if it's not more secure, it's definitely probably a little higher class. I could also go check the medical office, make sure that no one else was admitted. Maybe one of them ended up injured at some point. Maybe that'd make our job a heck of a lot easier than trying to break into the admin block. Well, I think Singleton makes a good point. They are probably 
likely in the corporate offices or, or possibly the command crew quarters. It may be best for us to head upstairs and take a look around for him. Follow your lead, boss. Yeah, it's not like we ever really have a choice with you anyway. Well, everyone has their own free will. I know that I am in charge. You have the choice to not follow my orders, but I appreciate that you all do. So, you know, why don't we uh, head down here to uh, the nearest stairway that'll go up to the second floor? That will be B. Let's move out. Following you. Uh, Yes, I will take lead and uh, head towards. Singleton pipes up. She says, hey, I've got this motion tracker. Should we uh, should we be using this? Rumor has it there were things running around in the ducts. I think it's a great idea. Wasn't it small, though? How could that thing, you know, hurt us? I don't know if it's strictly speaking necessary. Well, it may help us find two that we're looking for. So, yes, by all means, I think that we should use it. So she pulls it out, and we get to one of the aforementioned mechanics that I said I'd, I'd do. So there is resource tracking in Alien. The four resources are air, food, power, and water. Since you're on base, most of those are you know, going to be taken care of for you. But an important one in this case is power, because the motion tracker does use a power cell. So the way we track that is by rolling stress dice. So I will roll five stress dice since that's the current power rating of the motion tracker. Ooh, and we got three ones on this. So the power supply on this tracker goes down to two. The power cell is an old one, and she just grabbed the first thing off the rack, and she got the one that's a dud and the one that everybody avoids. But that's what she got stuck with. and she gets a ping. What are you seeing on that singleton? She says, I'm seeing something ahead of us down the hall. I kind of glance down the hall. That uh, sounds pretty dangerous. But we're going to have to go that way, right? At least at some point? Yes. Uh, If we want to go upstairs, we're going to have to go that way. How far down? Past the stairwell, right? We'll make it to the stairwell. We'll head upstairs. All right. You're the boss, boss. Let's go. Whatever you say, boss. (laughs) Uh, once we hit the second floor, I look back at Singleton and go, I don't want to sound paranoid or anything, but is the, uh, is that ping, uh, following us? You know, let me check. Thwaps the side of it. Now we roll two stress dice. And she looks at this, this thing is a piece of crap. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm seeing it closer. Looks like it's at the ladder now. We should probably move. Yep. Let's, uh, Closer? Let's Come on, guys. Let's move out. And uh, McCor will start heading down the hallway and take the first turn. So, yeah, you come down the hall. It's dark. It's only got emergency lights running. So you're kind of getting a, a in and out on those. The, the hallway is illuminated in a deep red color with occasional flashes of white light as the overhead lighting flickers to life for just a moment and then drops back out. There aren't a lot of people on Hadley's Hope, but there's enough that there's usually the sound of someone moving around. Here it is deadly quiet. Boss, what the heck happened here? I don't know. It looks like some bad stuff since we left, and you heard them. They were calling everyone into the basement, which I didn't like the sound of. 
I, I don't trust these guys at all. Just to be clear, that, that was definitely recording, so uh, who knows how long that message has been there. I, I step another couple steps away from the ladder. I want to distance myself from it. Yeah, and I, yeah, I was thinking we're like ducking around this corner at least so that if anything's coming up behind us, we'll know about it. Uh, Sig is going to work as hard as he physically can to ensure that there is someone in front of him and someone behind him at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put I'll put my my hand on your shoulder, uh, Sig, and be like, "Don't worry, buddy. I got your back." Uh, in this in this case, literally, and I'll just sort of push you in front of me. Thank you. Now, our as we're it seems like as we're going, there are doors to you know either side of the hallway. Are they closed open? The window? the door to the administrator's office is kind of half open and you can kind of see in there it looks like there's somebody sitting in the chair in there the other doors to the other offices are just flung open and you could duck into one of those side offices or you could continue down the hall I'd like to actually check the administrator's office you said there's somebody sitting in there yeah I would probably Reynolds Comiskey is that you you poke your head into the administrator's office again it's dark just like everywhere else, but the administrator's office is one of the few rooms on Hadley's Hope with an outdoor view. It looks out over the dreariness of the base towards the shield wall and the air traffic control, and the rain has streaked the window and grime, and, you know, it's not... It's never a clean view. Nothing on Hadley's Hope is particularly clean. And sitting behind the desk, slumped down in the chair, head down almost like they're taking a nap, uh, is sitting Miranda Reynolds, the corporate liaison. Oh, no. I walk over. Miranda? Oh, Jesus. And I'll uh, grab my uh, my cross around my neck. So as you come into the office, like I said, you see out the window, you're scanning around, you, you look, and you catches your eye is the ventilation shaft as you enter. The vent has been battered off of its normal position so it's kind of hanging by the one hinge like you would flip down to replace a filter and the duct itself looks like something that barely fits through it has just pulled itself through it going once in each direction but you approach into the room and on the desk you notice a a small comms device the red light on it is just flashing and you come up to Reynolds and you can see that it's not that she's sleeping, it's that she's no longer living. Her entire face has been punched out, like something large and heavy just hit her square on and caved in her face. Uh, There's gore running down in front of her. And who all is in the administrator's office? Oh, I definitely am. I'm in. I was as well. I was standing right outside, kind of keeping an eye down the corridor. And so Singleton will be with you outside, so I need Hirsch and McWhir to increment their stress levels. Uh, Because Holroyd is an android, he does not take stress. Of course, the downside to this is being an android, he can also not push his rolls. That's right. So that's the cost. The other benefit to playing an android or synthetic person depends on individual what they prefer is that you get a boost to your core stats after you 
assign your base levels, you get to add an additional number of points to those. So you have that in your advantage. Of course, again, you can't push rolls. So it, if you roll a failure, roll a failure, that's it. Looks like uh, Reynolds maybe got what was coming to her. I turn to you and I look. I give you just this incredulous look. I uh, don't want to panic anybody, but shouldn't we keep moving? What, what, what's going on in there? Is she okay? She is not okay. <laughs> Say in the calmest of android voices. Uh, no, something got to Reynolds. Uh, now I guess uh, our friends aren't the only ones dying. Who said anything about dying? You notice that around her neck is a lanyard that looks like it's connected to a, uh, a card, like an ID badge. Well, I'm going to appropriate that for the members of the living. I turn to uh, McWhir and say, I think it might be best in all of our interests for us to acquire certain pieces from the armory. Anything that can push in someone's skull is a little bigger than a snake running through a vent. I couldn't agree with you more. Wait, did you say pushed through someone's skull? Yes, I don't think you want to see it, but let's just keep moving. About the time you say, wait, pushed through someone's skull, coming scampering up the ladder, you see you see first one, then two, then three, then four, then eight legs pulling this crab thing up, and it's got a long, spindly tail that looks like it's got a sharp barb on the end of it and you it you can't see any eyes on the beige colored thing but you can tell it's looking at and evaluating each of you so i am going to go ahead and deal everybody an initiative card so alien like other user engine games uses a card based initiative system cards are numbered from 1 to 10 and initiative rolls low to high <laughs> what is McWhir's initiative? McWhir's initiative is a three. And Hirsch? My initiative is a six. Sig? My initiative is a five. Holroyd? A four. And I need to draw for Singleton. Singleton is going at initiative nine. McWhir gets to go first. Awesome. Well, McWhir kind of wants to run. Okay. And I should introduce some more mechanics here now that we're in combat. Uh, combat, every round you get, you can take one fast action and then either a second fast action or a slow action. The important thing to know, so if you wanted to, for instance, block, you'd have to do that on the, the step of initiative where you're being attacked. So if you spent both your actions now, you wouldn't be able to, to save that action for doing that which is up to you how you choose to do things. To block attacks from Xenos, you will need to have a weapon or a sturdy tool. If you were going hand-to-hand -hand with a person or an android, you could block with your bare hands, but probably less of an issue here. So you said you wanted to run? You have a slow action and a fast? Yeah, you can take two fast actions or a fast action and a slow action. Oh, okay, so I can shoot my firearm and run? Yes. Perfect, that's what I want to do. All right. <laughs> Probably prefaced by, what the hell is that thing? Yep. So the bottom of the character sheet, you will see in the middle, the weapons block. Mm -hmm. There is an attack button that you should be able to click, and it will automatically roll the appropriate dice for you. Yep. 
All right, you missed. Did you like? Would you like to push that roll? Um. Yeah. You know. Let's. Okay. Let's do it to it. So increment your stress level and roll again. All right. So you got the one base success you needed in order to hit it. Yep. And you got an additional success on top of that. So you get to choose a stun. More damage, please. Okay. So you will deal a base of three damage, plus one for a total of four damage. And now the creature gets to roll its armor. And the way armor works is you roll a number of dice equal to your armor rating and base dice. And for every six you get, you reduce the damage by one. Okay. So, yeah, you you wheel around with your bolt gun. You you level it at it. It took you a second to really get a good beat, and this thing gets riveted to the floor. Quick, everyone, let's get to the armory. Unfortunately, when that happens, it sends a gout of khaki-colored ichor spray. And you begin to smell the acrid smell of acid dissolving steel plating. What in the world? Whoa, whoa, we gotta get back. Whoa, Sig, get back here. And I sort of like grab Sig and pull him backwards, and anybody else is close to it as a certain spraying around. It's like, this is unusual. I guess it's more than just snakes. Yeah, I've, uh, I've never seen anything like this. Hold on a minute. This is for fighting. Just, just, just give me a second. And I'd like to study this thing for about a round. Yep, that will be an observation roll. So, assuming you're using the Analyze talent. I am. So the set of questions you get with analysis. Is it human or alien? Is it dead or alive? How old is it? What is its purpose? How does it work? Or what problems could it cause? So I would like to know... Being the scientist that I am, how does it work? Right, so you're poking at it. What you can see is that you know it has two bladders, kind of fleshy as opposed to the rest of this thing, which is chitinous, which look like they can inflate and deflate. It looks like it's got some sort of proboscis on it, and the, the tail almost reminds you of something spring-loaded like it could fling itself at someone. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so besides, of course, you just gather around really quick. I think I can answer a couple of questions. And I begin pointing out all of the details that I had learned. These appear to be air bladders of some form or fashion, and it appears to fling itself at its, its victims. Once it's attached to somebody, I don't think we'd be able to remove it with that acid. So, the best the best bet is to keep these things at a distance. Well, I think that was the plan all along, but I do appreciate the science lesson. Let's go get more guns. In addition to that, though, I believe with the successful analyze role, I also reduce the stress level of all other PCs within short range by one. That is accurate. That's very helpful. So... Since I believe everyone's in short range, everyone else's stress gets reduced. That is correct. So short range means that you are in the same zone as another character. There are five ranges. Uh, They are engaged, which is going to be you're in the same zone and actually up and in hand-to-hand combat with something. Short range is in the same zone, but not actually up on. 
medium is up to two zones away, long is up to three zones, and extreme is any range beyond that. Um, zones are kind of abstract here. Um, you can see how there are kind of heavy boxes inside the hallway. These mark doors. They, they, they also delineate the, the boundary between zones. On other maps in this game, you will often see corridors that have diamonds on the ducts, and the diamonds will often be what demarks the zones if you are inside the guts of your ship doing things. Now, Chris, do I notice anything else about this thing that may explain why it has those air bladders? Not that so far. It's you know it's difficult to tell. You'd have to really get it off the floor, and you don't necessarily have the tools with you to do that unless you want to stick your hands down in it and try to pull it off from that rivet. Yeah, that, that's pretty. That's pretty gross, Sig. I, I think we should just move it along, eh? Yeah. Fascinating. Disgusting. What could be the purpose of this thing? Uh, anyway, uh, all right. Well, that motion detector could apparently ping them. Uh, Singleton, are there any others that seem to be on this level with us? And she will give it another go. She says it's reading. It's reading quiet. I don't see anything else for now. Let's move. Yeah, let's get to the armory and let's do it now. And then I'd like to hit the uh, the med lab. I want to check if uh, my tools are there. So, uh, Holroyd, as you come down the hall and walk past the intercom, it sounds with a black. And on the other side of it, you hear the voice of a panicked man. Is anyone else out there? There's something, there's something out there trying to get me. And you hear a dull metallic, as if something's slamming into one of the exterior doors. Oh, anybody, anybody. I uh, depress the intercom. Um, uh, yes, we're here up uh, up on uh, a-, a Block. Uh, uh, what's going on? This is Osterman. I'm I'm trapped in Billy's bar. There's something out there trying to get in. I turn to McWhir. I go palms up. Like, what do you want to do? I think we owe it to some of these people to try to get them out of whatever Waylon Yutani got us into. So. I think we we could be able to make our way over there right after we hit the armory real quick. Let him know to hold up and we'll be on our way. I jammed the button back down. Just hang in there. We're on our way. Are you coming now? Yep, you bet. <laughs> All right, guys, come on. We got to roll out. As McWhir and Holrod move forward quickly, I motion Hirsch back. They're going to get us all killed. If we have to try and save every single person on this soul, on this this damn place, we need to freaking find a way off and get out of here as fast as we can. Listen, we'll, we gotta look up for ourselves first, but if we can help anybody, that's what we have to do. It's, it's, it's what makes us human. I point towards that horrifying, sizzling creature. It's the difference between us and them. So I agree with you. We'll get, we'll get off this planet, but we'll save who we can. Don't lose track. Don't, don't panic. If we're going to do that, I need my tools. We need to understand as much as we can about them. If we're going to fight them. And I have to have the time. You got it, buddy. You got it. We'll, we'll go there after we get the armory, okay? You and I, will uh, we'll make sure, we'll sure McGuire lets us go there, okay? I, okay, okay, okay. All right. I just need you to stay calm right now, okay? And I'll just sort of, like, put my hand like, on your shoulder and just, like, look you right in the eyes. 
and uh, just nod my head and then look towards McQuarrie and go, okay, we're ready to go. Let's get out of here. Right behind you, boss. Okay, so, uh, yeah, as the last of you move past that intercom speaker, you hear a final slam of the doors collapsing on the other side. I'm going to stop and I'm going to listen. But I want to listen in at the sounds that this thing is making and try to identify just how big it is. You hear the door hit the ground. And there's a half beat. And then you hear the man on the other side scream, Oh God, no! And then you hear heavy footsteps and just these inhuman screeches and squeals. And then the most blood-curdling scream you ever heard come from a person. Then silence and then scraping. So I need everybody to increase their stress level by one. And go ahead and give me another observation roll. Okay. It sounds big. It's difficult to say exactly how big, but whatever it was, it was able to beat down one of the exterior doors you know it's not it's not the heavy airlock doors that are part of the original installation but it's you know it's not a light duty interior door either it's got to be at least man-sized to do something like that man-sized and considerably heavier based off of those footsteps yeah and the the heavy thudding against that door that you heard Okay. And in addition, everybody, please reduce your stress level by one again. <laughs> Very good. So you negate the stress gain from that. Uh, for everybody but myself, yes, I noticed. I feel like McWhorter would need to add a stress for having to listen to Sig talk. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> like every time it happens. Perfect. I'll be sure to talk as much as I can, Miranda, just for you. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to keep moving down the hallway. Yes. All right. So these uh, doors are just, are they unlocked or are they airlock doors? or They they pick you up and they slide open as you approach. Wunderbar. Uh, Sig is going to once again try to uh, ensure that he is in the middle of the group as much as possible. Okay. Where do you guys want Singleton to be? Probably at the back. Probably the back, yeah. I am also trying to keep an eye on Hirsch because he's my buddy, and I don't want anything bad to happen to him. Perfect. So, uh, I can be in front, out front. Yeah, I've, uh, I would say McQuarrie's in front of me. I would say I'm probably closer to the front. I'm getting pretty ready to go grab a gun as soon as we get in that door, right? as soon as we get into the armory, so I'll be right behind McQuarrie. Okay. And uh, Singleton goes, everyone hold still for just a second, just just a second. We don't want to mess up the reading here. And she... Yeah, it's, it's fine. Let's stand around. It's not like time is of the essence and that there's things after us and that we may need weapons for them, guys. Information is our most valuable asset right now. Right now. It says information might be worthwhile, of course. And then she slaps the side of it. Says, All right. Well, before it died, I got a blip. From where? Up ahead. It's in the direction we're heading. Well, get that gun handy, McWare. Yep, I got it out pointed straight forward. Ready? Ready. Let's go, guys. So the doors to a B block open. This is the, <sighs> where the command crew stays. And they are mostly bunks down the hall. If you take a right and then 
it'll be on your right again will be the entrance to the armory but it is dark in here absolutely just the emergency lights are barely illuminating this space and there are long shadows cast everywhere and I need an observation roll McWhir since you're in the front make an observation roll for me please can do okay so this was an opposed roll which means that your successes would cancel out any of its successes and you notice through a doorway ahead of you that there is another creature this is a black carapaced thing this thing it's in there it's got a long bulbous head it's down on all fours it's got a long scything tail with a wicked looking blade at the end of it that has a just a gentle sloping curve out and it's dark and it's black and it's got a, a sheen that reflects uh, what little light there is in here and as you come in the door it turns and it looks at you and hisses Jesus fuck that looks like some kind of demon uh, you might be right that is fascinating absolutely fascinating uh, of course Sig is saying this as he's rapidly backing up right what is McWhir's initiative Nine. And Hirsch? A one. Nice. nice. And Sig? A three. Holroyd? Five. Okay, great. Hirsch, you're up first. How big is this thing? It is on the order of seven feet tall. Oh, boy. Wait, what? Yeah, it looks like it's about... If it were standing upright from the, the rough crown of its head to the bottom of its feet you you're looking at about 2.1 meters so that's that's on the order of six and a half seven feet oh oh okay the tail is as long again as the body so this door that opened up is this sort of like a sliding door is this door that opens outwards inwards it's a sliding door raised up is mcquirr already across the threshold say probably. I think that's what we established. Okay. Then McWhir is across the threshold and within medium range of the creature. Because I imagined McWhir like around and in front of every door like ducking in with your bolt gun. <laughs> like <laughs> ducking around corners and quickly going back and forth both ways. God. Okay. So I'm just going to say McWhir don't take another step okay? Is it possible to use my cutting torch as a weapon? You can use it as a close combat weapon. Okay. Oh, close combat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to see if it would be possible for me to, uh, like, get up to it, or would that be too far away? Yeah. Uh, as a fast action, you can move two zones, so that would take you one, two to get up to it. Okay, so that would be my entire action to get up to it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so I will I will take out my cutting torch and like use the nozzles to get the get the you know the torch actually like you know starting to burn. I'm assuming it's a bit like a welding torch somewhat. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna be like, I'm going to cleanse this demon with holy fire as I open it up the nozzle and run up towards it, just sort of running quickly, uh, trying to get in front of McWhir and everybody else. Which you do. And uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my turn. All right, so roll close combat for me. Okay. 
All right, great. So that's two successes. The stunts that go with that are... Right, so you can inflict an additional point of damage. You can outmaneuver and trade initiative scores with them, but since you're going first, that probably isn't what you want to do. No. Or you could try knocking them to the ground, in this case. Yeah, I'll try knocking them uh, prone then, as I'm just sort of coming in. Maybe try like cut into the legs or sort of slam it with the with the big torch as well. Okay, let me roll its armor first. So the cutting torch does three base damage, so that's what it's looking to do. And it has that much armor, but since the cutting torch is armor piercing, it has the armor value, and it is unable to block any of the damage. It's holy fire, that's why. <laughs> so, yeah, you come in and you just sucker punch it right on the top of its carapace. You get a good slice, and as you do, there's a splash of damage. Oh, no. And you get splashed with acid. So you're saying the alien cast acid splash? Uh, no, I'm saying the uh, the alien bled all over the place, and <laughs> this is how this works. Okay, so you dealt three damage to it, so it will roll 11 dice, Ooh. but you did not get hit, so oh. you, you, you lucked out. It splashed near you, but not on you. That wasn't luck, that was God watching over me. <laughs> So it gets to go now, and it's going to stand itself back up. So the way the aliens work in this game is that their attacks and their actions are kind of driven off of a table to represent you know, the alien nature of them. You know, they, they, we can't know their motivations really apart from murder and killing and devouring, but to kind of bring that feel to the table it stands up to its full height and it reaches out with its two arms for Hirsch and it rolls ten dice and it, it as it reaches out Hirsch sees it coming and he is able to lean back out of the way and he doesn't get grabbed and now it is Sig's turn Ooh. Oh. oh my god could use a little help over here I appreciate just how badly you're rolling, Chris. Please keep it up. <laughs> in terms of where everything's located, where is the armory in this scenario? So the armory is around the corner and down the hall. So I'm going to shuffle some things around so you can get a better view of that. So can you see it on the map a little bit better now? Is it this guy? Yes. Okay. So that's one... Two zones? Yep. So if I spend my entire action, I can end up in here? You can try for it. I can try for it. All right, excellent. Well, I currently don't have a weapon. So I am next to useless in this entire thing. Uh, so Sig, seeing this, is going to make a run for it to the armory. Okay. So Sig makes it up to the armory. Unfortunately, the armory door is closed and locked. It's a big, heavy metal door. There is a keypad, and if you are quick with your fingers, you might be able to bypass it and get it open. 
or you could try beating the door down. I would like to try to bypass it. You only spend a fast action to get down there, so go ahead and make a contact roll with a minus two modifier. Okay. Out of curiosity, why a minus two? Because it is a hardened security device. Uh Uh-huh. They don't want any... Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> so we have we our go. we have our first panic result of the night. So if we were at the table, you would roll with a single d6 and add your stress level to it. But since we have these automated character sheets, you can just hit the panic button, a 7. So a 7 on the panic chart is a nervous twitch. Your stress level and your the stress level of all friendly PCs in short range of you increases by 1. <laughs> you, you, you're kind of shaking as you, you're, you're you're working in there, but you get it, and the door comes up. I feel like this is entirely appropriate, yes. <laughs> so I need Hirsch, I need Sig, and I need McWhir to increment their stress levels, please. And then Holroyd, you're up. But I do get the door open, so the door is wide open now, right? The door is open. You can, you can see into the armory. It is looking pretty bare, but you do see that... At least a couple of the lockers look like they have something in it. Okay. So from from my position here, I can see that Hirsch has has now locked in Mortal Kombat with whatever this thing is. Unfortunately, Holroyd is not what we would call a combat android. (laughs) But that doesn't mean he can't be useful. And I got to tell you, he's just not going to let Hirsch stand in there alone. So... Is there anything around in this hallway that he could use as a, a weapon of sorts? He doesn't have any anything on his person. Uh, roll 2d6 for me. Okay. That is an 8. That is an 8. Looking around, you see, lying on the ground, you see a big, heavy, it's basically a pneumatic jack that can be used to brace doors. But you could pick it up and wield it like a club. It will have a bonus of plus one and deal damage of one, and it would be a close combat weapon. Yeah, I mean, I think Holroyd's idea is to see it, grab it, and then rush in to help Hirsch. Yep. So I think that's going to be a your fast action to, to scoop it, and then you can use your slow action to try to move in and make that attack. Okay. So go ahead and roll close combat. And when it prompts you for uh, a modifier, give it a one. Okay. That's two successes. Okay, great. What stunt would you like to use? Probably just more damage at this point. I think he's he's more concerned about this than getting another swipe at his friend. Yep. So whatever this thing is. Okay. So that will be two damage shuttle. And that gets reduced. So you get a good swing, but it skips some. And you can tell that you, w- you didn't get as much of a blow as you would have and the thing shrieks as you wail on it but it's still standing all right chief uh, we, we got to get this thing uh, taken care of here and it this time it grabs for holroyd uh in much the same way as it grabbed for hirsch a minute ago all righty does horror is holroyd wearing anything that gives him an armor it does not appear he has an armor rating, sir. Okay. Holroyd takes one damage as the the claws of this thing dig into his chest, and it grabs you, and it backs off with you into a side room down here. Oh, oh my milk's escaping. 
in the process, you it, you lose your grip on that lift jack, and you are now prone. And if you were a human, you'd be making a panic roll right now. But you are an android, so you do not panic. Question, we all aware that Holroyd was a android up to this point? Yes, he's not a hidden synthetic. Okay. Which means that from the start, he gets his modified stats. He gets to not take stress. If he were playing as a hidden android, he would be playing with human stats and would be taking stress and could push rolls until the point where either he takes a critical injury that uh, causes him to bleed and reveal that he is a android or chooses to reveal it maybe because of an agenda or something appropriate to the story. We prefer to call it spilling my milk. <laughs> uh, he, he suddenly becomes lactose intolerant and spews everywhere. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Singleton gets to go. She was in the hall, so she will step in for one, two, and take a shot at the Xeno. All right, so she hits it once and deals one damage. It gets its armor, but the shots just glance off its carapace and don't strike true. And it gets to go again. So it is going to... Opens its mouth and is slavering and you see a second mouth and it second mouth starts just like chewing at the air uh, in anticipation help <laughs> and that second mouth comes driving out like a piston fortunately for Holroyd he's got those synthetic reflexes going for him and is able to roll his head back right as that that goes zipping past his head and comes back to the beast and it's McWhirr's turn Oh, finally. Okay. Yeah, I too would like to, if I can, hop in around Singleton and uh, get some shots off. Yep. The important thing to remember about this gun, though, is that it is single shot, so you'll have to reload it next turn before you can shoot it again. Okay. All right. So that is a success. So you hit it. And it is armor piercing, so it will have the armor and it gets through. And I see it says four shots, so I'm essentially down to ammo, right? Correct. Okay. All right, so first I need to dealt it three damage. It will roll 11 dice for spraying acid all over. We'll deal one damage to Holroyd, and Holroyd is going to have a lingering effect in that the acid is on him. So each turn the, the damage is halved. If it fails to deal damage, the acid is petered out, so... So now we get to roll on the crit table. She got in there with that bolt gun and just let it rip. Something about the way her positioning was, that wad of hot steel just drove straight through the thing and just kind of split it open, making a mess of the whole thing. And the room is just filled with the acrid smell of acid burning and sizzling. The thing reaches and twitches and dies. Oh, I roll over, like, shuddering. Holroyd, are you okay? Um, I, uh, where am I hit at specifically, Chris? The acid would have probably splashed across your chest and uh, 
that's also where it grabbed you. I'm, I'm probably like fidgeting at the like without touching it because obviously I don't want it on my hands, but I'm I'm trying to like find something to get it off. Yeah, and after a moment, it 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 peters out, and you're not a concern. It's no longer a concern. I look back at Hirsch. Are you, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'll I'll run over to you and uh, just give you a, a look over. It's like uh, well, doing better than you at least. And I'll put my hand out to take your hand. Yeah, you up. I take it and stand back up. I'd like to imagine that at this point, uh, Sig runs back in carrying whatever weapon he happened to find in one of those lockers. Going, guys, I'm here to help. Oh, so in the armory. It's been picked pretty clean, but you managed to find a shotgun and a 357 Magnum. You were not, however, able to find any ammunition other than what was already in the weapon. So I was, pro- I probably ran in wielding the shotgun. It becomes readily apparent to everybody who watches as he's holding the gun that he has never done this before. There is no trigger safety. As far as you can tell, he's pointing at it just about everybody and wielding it around Whoa. in uh, unadulterated panic. Easy, easy, fella, huh. easy. Yeah, her. I, I walk. I walk over and I and I like here. Here, come my here, buddy. Give me that. Um, I'm probably the one here actually knows how to use it properly anyway. Oh, okay. So what? Which one do you take from him? I take the shotgun from out of his hands as he's like. I imagine like he's like as he turns towards me, he has the gun pointed at me, and I just keep walking towards him and just sort of. Pick it up from the barrel up, so it's out of like out of any range of firing at anybody. I immediately grab his hand, like All right, ease off the trigger, oh, oh, and then I'll just take oh, oh. the whole gun from you. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, here you go. Oh, um, and I as I look over at Holroyd, I, I look at him and go, you know, I I may be able to fix that. As I point at the uh, gaping acid hole in his chest. Let's get somewhere safe before we worry about fixing me. I'm I'm still serviceable. Did you uh, find anything else in the the armory, Sig? Oh yeah, of course. And I pull out the three fifty seven Magnum again. Uh, <laughs> no trigger safety or anything. It, it it is very clear to everybody involved just how much, little he knows about weapons. So now that we have a couple of more weapons in play, uh, I do want to go over how ammunition works in Alien. So being that it is a sort of cinematic style game, we don't really keep track of ammo that much. Uh, You have a certain number of reloads for your weapon. And if on your ranged combat result, you hit a panic result, that kind of represents your character loosening up their fire discipline and just emptying the magazine or, you know, all the rounds in a, in the Magnum or however you want to think about it. So the interesting consequence of that is androids never run out of ammunition because they, they don't break the self-discipline. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think the android should, uh, take that gun there from you, my friend. And he, I imagine, does so very carefully as I wave it around like an imbecile. Yes, uh, here, here. Just let me keep a handle on that real quick. Uh, oh, boy. I, I kind of like, I turn back towards towards uh, McWarrow. I just kind of roll my eyes like, oh, my. <laughs> you can tell that McWarrow uh, shares the sentiment. <laughs> okay, uh, boss lady, let's, uh, let's get a move on then. 
Wait, uh, where next? Well, I'm not. Uh, I mean, you guys all heard over the intercom. I'm not sure it's worth going to Billy's bar. Well, um, maybe, maybe this thing was in Billy's bar. I'd, uh, I, I would like to uh, head over to the med lab and and get my my tools and everything, and and possibly check out the chief medical office. And yeah, the command there. center's uh, down that way too. We could just maybe get a twofer here. Yeah, well, yeah, and a quick stop to the med lab. Uh, you know, you're going to need com- equipment if we're going to be running into any more of these acid oozing creatures. Uh, it'll be good to have someone they can patch us up. But let's let's keep it quick, Sig. Yeah, well, you know, we're not too far from each other with the command center and the med lab. How about Sig and I? I'll keep an eye on on him. How about Sig and I go to the med lab and the rest of you guys go to the command center and we'll be right behind you in a jiffy. All right, I'm also going to ask you a question, Chris. Yep. Just how much of this corpse is left? It's in pretty bad shape. If you if you try to do an analysis on it, it's you're going to be working at a disadvantage to do that. Okay. I'll probably cast a look over it and try to get... So, so here's my idea. As a scientist, I have a general idea of material and material composition. I want to check out that carapace because I, I was watching or listening as the fight was going on. So I imagine that I saw Singleton's bullets ricochet off of the carapace. If I understand what it's made of, maybe I can figure out what kind of ammunition we need to use where that's not a problem. Okay. Roll observation at minus two. Okay. And everybody lose a stress. You're doing a good job keeping the stress off of them. (laughs) Yeah, so you're able to to get a look at it and you're able to tell that you haven't seen it often. You've seen it occasionally. It's usually a lab-grown thing, but it looks like this thing is made out of polarized silicon. So, oh my gosh, that's it's going to be pretty durable, pretty resistant to things. But heat could get past it pretty well. Just an FYI, guys, fire. We need fire. Even though this thing seems resistant to bullets, it apparently is susceptible to heat. Uh, just keep that in mind. As I begin moving my way towards the med lab. Okay. We're, we're heading down that hallway anyway, because yep. the command center's that way. Yep. yep. So we'll start with the group. and the Well, you all come down the hall together initially, because you're going in the same direction. And here in E-Block, the backup power is doing way better. Uh, you actually have proper running lights. Things are, apart from being quiet, the air handlers aren't really running like they're supposed to be. But other than that, everything is pretty normal in here for the most part. As you come down, we'll, we'll move up with the uh, group going into the command center first. Ops is, of course, the nerve center, if you will, of the colony. This is where all the day-to-day decisions get made. This is where the shift coordinators work. This is where security has people this is where all the important stuff happens. You are able to see that the terminals for the security system are a bit on the fritz. Uh, You can probably get those working again with a little bit of effort. And there is just uh, a static hiss from the intercom in here as it cycles through the cameras. This doesn't look promising. 
Yeah. Uh, Holroyd, are you? Can you get on one of these terminals and maybe uh, get see if you can find out any more information about what's going on, or maybe our uh, best plan for getting out of this place? Sure thing. I uh, go to uh, the nearest station and uh, try to flex my comtech muscles. Yep. Uh, give me that comtech roll. So I am plus one. Uh, I think. No, wait. Nope. I'm just straight modify. Unless there's a modifier for the machine. Uh, there is not. That's two. All right. Yeah. So the stunts for ComTech are you can take a plus one modification to a later skill roll related to this one. You don't need to roll to overcome the exact same challenge in the future. You do it quickly in half the time. Uh, you can get newer unexpected information. You can hide your tracks, which don't really apply here. No, clearly I'm going to show off. No, I'm kidding. I would like to do it quickly in half the time because I have a feeling that time is of the essence. All right. Yep. So uh, your hands move fast in a blur because uh, you are not limited by the constraints of flesh and blood neurons and muscles. So your hands just fly over the keyboard and get this thing up and running again. And is anybody watching it over his shoulder I probably would be and remind me again who went to the med lab it is uh, Hirsch and Sig okay so McWhir and Singleton are kind of standing behind Holroyd watching and the first thing you see come up is a view of block A1 which is one floor down and kind of all the way to your north. It's a corridor in the block, and you see, moving out of the frame, you can see someone's legs, and they're being dragged slowly out of frame. And as they're being dragged, they're leaving a long crimson smear behind them, and that smear runs all the way down the length of the hall. That's pleasant. Do I recognize who the person is? It's just a pair of pants and shoes. You can't really tell. They're fairly generic makes me even matter. Then the camera cycles and you see and the the indicator on the camera display shows that it's a security camera in block E1 near the south lock. So basically directly beneath you and you see a bulkier version of what you just killed. Oh. And it's standing there looking at the camera smooth carapace no eyes but the eyes should be are pointed at the camera and it's just standing there and it's long bladed tail is just slowly swishing back and forth with an occasional flick of the blade as it sighs through the air and continues just to regard the camera almost like a cat regarding a toy and I need to have the humans increment their stress level, please. And then the camera flips again. And you can see down into the sublevel areas, into the mass housing block. You see rows of bunks overturned. You see foot lockers just exploded out. You see gore and carnage just spattered all over the place. You see spots of... You see holes in the wall from where 
firearm rounds have impacted you. You see smoldering holes in the wall from where you can only assume that these things have bled on the walls. You can see still steaming in places pools of this khaki ichor. And I'm going to need Singleton and McWhir to increment their stress level again. And then the camera flips and it's back to that empty to that hall in a block and now it's completely empty with the lone blood sphere yeah i don't like the look of this me neither Uh, it's gonna be hard for us to keep track of these things Uh, we need to find a way out of here fast agreed i'll uh, i'll work on uh finding uh finding us a way out i guess okay so with that we will switch to the two in the med lab no worries. And uh, I do have a question for you, Chris. Yes. I have the banter ability, which I can use if we're in a safe area. So I don't know if that's a safe place, but if it is, while whatever um, Sig, whatever he's trying to do, I'd like to just sort of like, you know, tell some jokes or tell some old tales of us over at Billy's Bar or anything like that, just to sort of reduce the stress. Because I think it takes one turn. Yes. We'll let that happen. We'll say you kind of were doing it on your way in. And uh, yeah, go ahead and reduce your stress. Sig. You dropped your stress down. So is it every two steps instead of one for every turn spent in a safe place? So yeah, so is that two steps? Yep, you'll take okay. two off your stress level. Okay, yeah. Perfect, thank you. Yep. I appreciate that. So coming into the med bay, or med lab, the place has been torn up. There are open cabinets. There are overturned bins. This was people coming in here in a hurry and grabbing what supplies they could as quickly as they could and then moving on and looking around you can see the big two-way mirror and behind the 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 isolation door is closed leaning against the mirror is a woman and she's just sitting there and she is racked with sobs and there is a man just laying out completely still on one of the tables in there there is one of the things that you killed by the ladder is in a glass tube and kind of twitching around so it's it looks like it's still alive there is one on the floor that is not moving and looks dead what are you guys going to do the first thing that i know about any doctor or any medical lab is that anything of true value is never in plain sight is never easily accessed because if someone were to break in Obviously, they're going to go for the obvious places where things are going to be stored. So is there some place like that in here, Chris, where I would know that there is equipment that I could use that would benefit what's going on currently? Are you looking for, like, medical supplies or that sort of thing, I guess? or um, In addition to medical supplies, if... Uh, it, it, I would imagine if we know that there is a robot or a android, sorry, android on site, I imagine that there's also going to be equipment to repair them. Okay. So I'm first looking for stuff like that. I know that I'm about to be working on Holroyd to repair the damage that was done by the acid. And the second thing is I want to find more medical supplies. I definitely want to suit up because I imagine this is not going to be the first or even the second time that we're going to run into these things, especially the bigger versions of it. 
basically my idea was to look for something like the med kit. Yeah. But for androids. Yep. And that's what I was looking to see if there is. All right. So roll, uh, roll 2d6 for me. Dang it. Well, you don't find anything like that, but you do find a surgical kit. So it's sutures and gauze and scalpel, that sort of stuff. Mechanically, it's going to give you a plus one medic modification to medical aid rolls to prevent death, or you can use it as a close combat weapon with base damage too. So basically, I can either use this in order to help save a life, or I can use it to defend myself, more or less. Right. In addition, quick question on that one. I already have a med kit. Does that stack on the medical aid plus from that? Okay, so med kit functions a little bit differently. It can only be used once, and it will give you a plus two modification to medical aid to stabilize. So when somebody loses all of their health, they become broken. If at that point they take more damage, then we start rolling on the critical injury table. Not all critical injuries are fatal, but you can use the a medical aid check at that point to become not broken any longer. And then a second medical aid check is required to remove any critical injuries. If you get a result that is fatal, it comes with a frequency at which you have to roll a stamina check. So if someone's dying, you can use a, a medical aid check to stop them from dying. And then a second medical aid check to remove the broken state from them. So basically, the medical kit is I can use it to either help with recovery or help to save a life. The right. surgeon's kit is only used to help save a life. Is that basically right. how that goes? So Correct. if I were to um, if I were to be saving a life, I could use the med kit and the surgeon's kit for plus three. But if I'm only trying to you recover, could use one at a time. Yeah. Oh, I can only use one at a time. Right. Okay. Okay. I can't stack bonuses. Dang it. All right. But if if you had somebody helping you, you could take the modifier for whichever kit you were using, and then a plus one for the help. But you wouldn't be able to use both a med kit and a surgical kit. Okay. The next thing that I'd like to do in here is, last but not least, I'd like to go analyze the dead thing on the ground with eight legs. Because I didn't right. get a really good look at the previous one. Or wait, is that in the observation room? That is in the observation room. It's There is the the two-way glass, and there is the, uh, the quarantine door between you and it. So you'll have to get that door open and get in there first. Okay, and then I've got the other one, and the other specimens... Also in, in the quarantine room. It's in the quarantine room, trapped in a glass container? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to walk up... In most quarantine situations, there is a comms unit, basically. Oh, oh, oh a way to communicate? Yep. I'm going to press that comms unit and goes, uh, Hello, uh... This is this is Sunny Seg. Um, do you happen to know what's going on in here? And she says we 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 came in from the field and, and then everything went to to shit and and we're we're stuck in here now and, and it's just it's it's all too much and she starts you know, just opening up and laying into the sobbing. I don't understand. What do you mean? Why are you in quarantine? He, he came. He came back with with one of those on on him, and 
and and so we we both got put in here and and i i i gave him a shot he, 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 he i i spare he, he was gonna suffer a, a terrible horrible horrible fate and and uh, rather than make him suffer that i i i gave him the meds and he slept and now he won't wake up again and he won't have to to go through that i need you to calm down i understand that this is stressful but but listen any information you can give me we can use to fight these things and to survive so listen i need you to tell me slowly exactly what happened I don't know. It, it, like I said, we were put in here, and, and then uh, things started going south, and we haven't seen anybody else, and, and we we got to get out of here. I I, I I can I can get us on the ship. Do I recognize this woman? This is likely to be Theodore Komiski. Other way you... I'm going to push past a SIG and just sort of like, I don't know, just click the air and come off so I'm not, I'm not broadcasting, and say... We can't let them out of there. If they're in quarantine, they're in quarantine for a reason, and they need to stay there. They have a live one. Do you know the scientific possibilities that the thing could hold? They are living beings who have armor plate that can resist bullets. Yes, and right now, I'm sorry, Sig, but this is not the time to be researching stuff. They are in quarantine. They need to stay there. We're out here. You gotta learn to cut your losses, okay? Like, just get the information get the information you need out of her. But we need to move. They're not coming out of there. The information I need is not in her, but in him. If he's dead, and these things operate the way I think that they operate, I need to perform an autopsy. We don't have time for that. Especially with McWhorter's gonna be back here in a minute now, and I can guarantee she's gonna be a lot less stingy on her trigger finger than I am. So you gotta just ask the questions. Get through to what you need, but that's it. We're not going in there, and that's final. We, we, she has a, she has a pass to get off of it. I'm going, I'm going to just sort of like look at you and just sort of back off a little bit and just be like, just ask your questions, okay? We'll deal with whatever after that. Just get whatever you gotta do now. Just do whatever you gotta do right now, and we'll deal with everything else after. I'm gonna hit the uh, intercom and go. Did anything else happen? Uh, were you infected with whatever's going on? And what do you mean by he was attached to him? First, give me a manipulation roll. Yep. I was wondering when that was going to happen. <laughs> oh, come on! Really? <laughs> Alright, so go ahead and roll on the panic table for me. Six. Uh, so, yeah, you keep it together. There's, there is no ill effect from uh, that particular panic coming up. Okay. She says it. They jump at you, and they grab your face, and then they shove it something down your throat, and they implant it, and then the creature comes bursting out of you. Okay, and and the, there was one on him, and 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 they 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 put us in here because they they did they weren't sure and they they were afraid of another one of those things getting loose, and that's that's why I had to 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 make it so that he could sleep. I hit the intercom button again. I look right at Hirsch and go, she's not infected. I can check her to make sure. If her information is accurate, I can confirm what's going on with him quickly. I know where it's going to be located, and I can confirm whether or not she's infected as well. If not, that is not only 
a way for us to get this off so that we can prepare if anything else shows up. We can also save a life. And isn't that what your faith calls you to do? Listen, you don't, you don't bring that up right now, okay? Listen, we're in a crazy situation right now. Just do what you gotta do. But if anything happens, it's on you, and I'm not going to hold off on start and shooting anybody, okay? And I'll take full responsibility for it. And with that, Sunny would like to hit the button to release the lock and open the quarantine door. And that's where we'll call it for tonight, I think. Yeah, excellent stuff, Chris. Thank you so much for uh, guiding us through our first episode of... Uh, alien so I, yeah. I hope you all all the listeners have enjoyed it so far and i'm sure that more craziness is ahead so uh, thank you again for joining us and thank you to the patron backers who helped uh, kick this episode into high gear and we will see you next time around <laughs> <laughs>